So yeah, man, it's good to be back with you uh, on this podcast session. Uh, Fuck yeah, it is, man. So uh, you can yeah. do intro to everybody. Let me know how we're going to operate so, at once. So dude, I don't know if we planned it this way, but uh, this is Bacardi and Cola's 10th episode. This is our, our decade episode. <laughs> Look at that shit. Do a little I dance. A little dance, right? Um, yeah, so we're back officially. Thank you, everyone who's hung out. And I do enjoy getting messages from people saying, like, where the fuck are you? Uh, that's always nice. Uh, like, I feel missed. I feel missed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then getting a few messages from people saying, hey, when are you guys coming back? And then when we said we're coming back, they're stoked. Uh, yeah. So you guys are probably noticing right now that this shit is not live. <laughs> hey, hey, it gets the focus yeah. on the conversation, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we had to try to make some adjustments to uh, make things go smooth and, and work within Carl and I's schedules and lives because uh, we wanted to keep this thing going. So what we're going to do is uh, you guys saw us drop a message on Friday about what we're going to talk about. And we'll kind of do that. So at the end of this, Carl and I will kind of figure out what we're going to talk about next because there's no shortage of shit to talk about right now. Uh, we'll pick what we're going to talk about next. We'll drop that so you guys can put notes and 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 provide feedback and and stuff that'll get us into the next uh, episode. And then right now, what would allow us to do is like Carl and I are going to go through this piece, and then any comments you guys have, you drop in the video. Uh, we'll go ahead and address in the first ten minutes of the next episode, so we make sure we still maintain that conversation. Uh, and if you think you have a really good point. Uh, or something really good to add to the conversation, then what we'll do is we'll actually reach out and have you come on and record uh, that initial part of the conversation with us. Uh, so that, that way we can awesome. get some interaction from you guys. So hopefully you guys enjoy the new format, stick with it. Uh, and then we will definitely go live because that stuff's, we just have way too much fun doing it. We just can't do it every week because it takes too much out of us. <laughs> it's too damn much, Carl. Hey, and oh. it min- minimizes expectations, to be honest. <laughs> Under promise, over you guys expect us to come on, and we're like, I'm not coming on because I have life to live. But uh, it's good. That's real. That's real. Um, yeah. Other than that, man. Uh, so the to top today's topic. We're gonna dive right yeah. into it, right? Yeah. Let's talk policy. So, man. thank you to the. I think I had the three or four people that sent in where they get their policy information or where they get their information that drives their opinions on policy. Uh, that was mm-hmm. really good to get. Uh, a few people actually did look at different sources, which was interesting. So, but the majority of everyone, when they looked at policy, they focused on the direct impact of it, right? So, I think consistency across the board. Let's kind of draw that baseline. Uh, right. So, we're going to talk COVID policy to nail it down, and the thought process and methodology we're going to kind of go through and, and BS about really does apply across the board when you're looking at policy, and I think you should kind of take it to heart. Uh, but we're going to focus on COVID because right now that is the biggest discussion. And, and honestly, policies are being written and executed uh, without with direct impact on your life right now. So you should really pay attention to COVID policies because it's going to impact your life, period. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. It just is. And it's what's happening in California is, is crazy, the impact those policies are having. Now, we're going to try to stay away from, I think at the end, Carl and I will probably drop a few of our own little opinions on what's going on because we can't yeah, yeah. get away from that. But right, uh, right. in the beginning, I want to focus on a, a non-political way to approach policy. And, and you should understand that policy is not does not happen in a vacuum is the first thing. But let, let's kind of establish a baseline. So since we're talking covid Let's just establish some assumed norms, right? So probably get fact-checked, but it doesn't really matter. We're going to set some norms that will kind of facilitate the conversation. So COVID, hey, I don't know if you know this, COVID is a thing, all right? It's not fake. It's an actual virus. We're not going to debate everything else on it. We're like, that's what it is. COVID's a thing. That's baseline number one. 
Number two, it came from China. Just throwing that out there. Just, yep. just to make sure I put it in there. That's my own personal piece. We're not letting that one go. Um, the majority of the fatalities and deaths are above 55 years old. Uh, that's important when you think about policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right now, I think just basic math has a case fatality rate of about 1.9%. And that is the exact number of cases and the exact number of fatalities, like just straight up math. So, so it's actually, you just recognize the problem. You recognize yep. the problem, which is COVID. Boom. That's it. Problems number COVID. One. Number one. Right. All right. So on that, on that simple assumptions that we've just kind of gone through, and I'm sure we've already got two or three people, it's not 1.9, it's this, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. Baseline COVID thought process to assess policy, right? Mm-hmm. So and we're still talking about policymaking on this issue of COVID. Yep. That's it. Okay. That's it. Policymaking on COVID. So I, I think my number one frustration across this, and even looking at some of the great information, like we had, we had a, a guy send in some really good information uh, from Google. I was like, I'll have to look at it. It's, it's a Google source that are peer-reviewed medical documentation, a ton of data. So you're right. going to have to have some experience in data analytics or the, the relative field in chemistry and biology. Hmm? <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. I got more. I got more. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, but uh, when you – so some really good s- source on medical data that would allow them to kind of look in and see the effectiveness of a policy in re- reference to medical. Right. Uh, that was pretty much the same thing when I looked at um, another another person, Amanda King, uh, who sent in some good stuff on Germany. And she's she's actually has COVID right now. So she's got plenty of time to do some research. Right, right, right. Um, and so she's been digging in and looking at policy on more of not the medical data thought process, mm-hmm. but on actually comparing policies from different countries, which I think is a really good standpoint because same conversation we've had before when we were talking deep on the police, right. why in the hell should we institute a major change policy across the entire United States? What you right. should do is you should let one or two cities do it uh, and then take a look and see what happens and then take the pros and cons because my biggest point to this, and then I'll hand it off to you, is policy doesn't happen in a vacuum. No. And I know people want to think that, like, hey, this is we are going to shut everything down to save people's lives. But that's right. all it's going to do is save people's lives. There's no secondary or second or third order effects to right. shutting down an economy. Right. That's where that's where that doesn't happen in a vacuum. So, so I think I think the uh, I think the impact of this thing when the policies are being set up and then the policy policies that have been put in place are pushed out to the communities. Policies don't happen in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Policies get pushed out through different agencies. Oh yeah. And as you know, when things come down the pipeline, either A, people add to or take away from those policies. So you have to be very careful when that does happen to you in your county district. Yep. And if it, especially if it comes from like let's say a government standpoint. If it comes if it's coming out of the headshed and it gets pushed down to your community, you have to go back to the primary source and then decipher through all the add-ons and takeaways of why they implemented it, implemented the policy the way they did at your level. Yep. That's what's happening. And that's why you're frustrated at your level, in my personal opinion. If you don't break down the policy and where it comes from and then look at who who's adding to what was initially stated or taken away from what was initially stated, that's where your frustration is coming from, in my opinion. And I, I don't want to call it a professional opinion, but I want to call it a, a, a educated opinion. I've seen it done 
multiple times in multiple countries, even in ours. So just understand, like like uh, Rob said, it's not created in a vacuum. There's not one person pushing a button. The easy on-off button is not happening when it comes to COVID. So uh, back to you, brother. So I was thinking about that, and I'm just kind of writing this down as we go because that's how we like to do it. Um, so when you assess a policy, I think you the first thing you kind of have to look at is, is it going to achieve the results that you want, right? So if we look at, like, and let's talk COVID policy specifically, the, the huh? new theme to COVID policy has been lockdowns, right? So, and every everything I've heard, there hasn't been a, like, there has not been any real discussion because if you talk back against lockdowns, which is, again, that narrative thing, so weird. Right. When, if you question a government policy, all of a sudden you're a, you're a denier or you're not a believer, or you're not listening to the science. It's like, let's, I mean, can you name another time that lockdowns have been like we've shut down the global economy for a disease? I remember not Ebola, my, which is way lifetime. more deadly. No, there's not no lockdown, my, right? Not in my lifetime. And Ebola, no. when they did lock the airports down, they locked down the certain individuals and quarantined them. Yeah, you right. never, they never lock down, shut down businesses. You quarantine the sick. That's what you do. And you put in additional. That's what you do. You quarantine but, the but, people that were exposed and the sick right. people and the people that have signs and symptoms. But the right. funny thing is with COVID, as you know, it's going overboard because there's like COVID in, in itself is is derived from a cold and the flu and it's just the exacerbated uh, virus, man. It's a it's a horrible, like, I don't very know, contagious virus, virus of these other COVID yeah, carrying diseases. So number 19, <laughs> <laughs> number 19. So uh, with that said, it's so similar to other viruses that mm-hmm. I don't even say they aren't deadly, but other viruses that aren't killing at the rate that COVID is killing, that the lockdown is being. But I think you have to come back to, but that lockdown, the lockdown started before the fatality rate was even that high. Like it was all, it's it was the all fear. That's right? what it is. It's, it's the fear the base. Fear. It's, it's coming back from the fear. The lockdown is coming from fear of numbers that haven't happened uh, imagine, I don't want to say an imaginary place, but, uh, it's a, it's a place of the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario is people are losing their lives. And, uh, uh let's, I don't want to say it's over, it's an overreach of government power. That's yeah. Let's, let's not get, let's not get into that part. Okay. Cause I think let's we not, have that conversation. Yeah, we're going to go deep, uh, but let's, let's start all but, back. So lockdowns, but in a whole, I think we can both agree lockdowns are a relatively new strategy, right? Definitely. It's a new strategy. So for some reason, they became the new strategy of this. So what I haven't seen and the discussion that I think needs to take place, and this goes back to the effectiveness, right? So if we're going to go with the effectiveness of lockdowns, and all I've heard is if we don't lock down, like flatten the curve, we're going to lose our medical systems. Hey, right now, what I'm hearing from people here in Boise, Idaho, from Central District Health, is that if we don't lock down, we're going to lose our health care. You're all going to, we're going to start picking who lives and dies. It is this grandiose, fear-driven thing. And I'm like, but it's only from one of the three health districts. The other health districts are like, nah, we're good. Like, we're not locking down. They're, I mean, they're talking about turning it into an actual order for some mandates. So I have the bureaucrats talking about writing a law where people mm-hmm. can be punished for congregating in, more, in groups larger than 10. Like, Again, not trying to get into it, but that, so you have this thought process of right. lockdowns, right? And so the conversation I don't have and I don't, or I don't see right. is, okay, so here's the lockdown thought process. 
if we, we don't lock down, we're going to lose everything. Here's the numbers trending. Here's the cases going up. Okay. What's a secondary option? I'm sorry. What? Like what's, what, what is the policy that we're comparing this to? So right now, all we're doing is comparison lockdowns to doing nothing. Absolutely. And that's insane. Like so that, at what point do you can, do you compare one policy to the lack of a policy? Like there, there has to be another option. And I think that's where my frustration goes with this because when we look at policy, like you, number one, you got to look at effectiveness. And if you're going to look at effectiveness, you have to compare it to a different action and lack of an action. So if we just went around our daily lives, this is what would happen. And here's the projected numbers. Hey, if we did this action, like let's say, and I'll, I'll say this way, if you're over 55, right. you are probably the only ones really at risk. Statistically, if you're under 55, you're going to be fine. Everyone right. can talk long-term effects. We can talk everything else. That's a nuanced approach to this. If you're under 55, you have a very small chance of dying. Very, mm -hmm. very small. And right now, all we care about really is death. So if you're under 55, hey, guess what? Go about your day. You're in your life. If you're over 55, you don't get to go anywhere. Sorry. So that's like locked the, in. That would be, that would be uh, action. That's an action. option. Right. Course of action. That's a different course of action, right? Right, right, right. right. And then, okay, and then the other one, hey, we're going to shut down everything. You can't go to bars. You can't go to restaurants. We're going to cripple the economy. We're going to do this entire thing. Uh, and then we're going to go. And that's effect. And then we go, okay, here's the options. Number one, number two, number three. So. Right. Let's say in those options, a complete lockdown is the one that wins. Then you jump to feasibility. So right. <laughs> is this possible? Can I get all of these people to do this without losing their goddamn minds? Right. Can we get people to do this without having underground get-togethers? Can we get people to do this if we're trying to keep people from not getting, like, not hanging out with people outside of their household? Is this feasible? Do we have the, the public support for it? Do we have the legal authority to do it? Hey, by the way, do we have the ability to enforce it? And if we enforce it, then we get into that part, which is, okay, let's say it is feasible, which we right. both know it's not. So let's say, pull, yeah, I do it. Pull, pull you back from the yeah. actual formulating the policy, because that's what you're doing. You're actually running through some forces of action. You're just yep. figuring out what's going on. So we're pushing out this information about policy because we want the public and people that are consumers of the media to understand that the powers that be have a policy-making political uh, interaction formula. And it's like five steps. And right now you just saw recognizing the problem, agenda setting and formulating the policy. So when you come, when it comes to formulating a policy, what, what I just want to, so I hate yeah. the word caveat, but to go back to what Rob was saying, all he's doing is laying out courses of action. What we're seeing as the public, we're seeing one course of action, which is a lockdown. Yep. In these in, in these uh, brainstorming sessions that the political powers have, yep. there are courses of actions, but you're not seeing them. Nope. It's not getting pushed to you. Nope. Don't ask us why. But if two dudes sitting in a room, two different rooms, one in Ohio, one in Florida, mm -hmm. can lay this out for you. Uh, we, I, I want to be able to educate you to a, a point of critical thinking, right? So I want people that decide to tune into our podcast or whatever we're doing, have a drink with us, and then critically think about the things that are occurring in your life so you can uh, yep. go about life a different way. 
So back to formulating the policy, which is creating more than one COA course of action, which Rob has just laid out two of them. <laughs> we could go back and forth all day. And do, yeah. We could go, you and I could go back and forth all day. All day. Like at least six courses of action, one extreme, which should be a throwaway co- uh, course of action, by the way. And then yeah. uh, maybe a few others. And then with those courses of action, you literally could take them and, and, and subjugate them out or push them out to other people so they can pick them apart and say, okay, this is legit. This is legit. This is legal. Mm-hmm. This is that that's what we aren't seeing. We're, re- we're receiving whatever the, whatever the powers that be in your lo- local state or political powers, they want you to see a certain, res- uh, certain action to get a certain mm-hmm. response out of you. Well, and here's, here's the piece though. And this is where I don't, you have more faith than I do. I don't think those conversations are taking place. They could, they could not be. I honestly, I don't think because I'm having faith. (laughs) Man, like I, I'm I'm watching the conversations and it all seems to be all or none. Like, and it seems to be like a a child, like a parent talking to a child, like, Hey, if you guys don't wear all your masks, then we're going to lock down another restaurant. Or, hey, if you guys don't, if you guys hang out on Thanksgiving, we're going to have to close all the bars. Like, and it's right. like, what, what are you doing? Like, stop. That's what's being pushed out on the media. It, you are absolutely right. And that, but this isn't even the media. This is me listening directly to the conversations by Central District Health. And I'm going to use them as an example because I'm following mm. the shit out of them. Mm. And because they're the ones that are, one, bureaucrats, not an elected leader, mm. none. So mm. these, they, three counties, they oversee and write the health policy for it. Right. In this time frame, they now have the authority to drive. They're the ones who just shut down like the schools. So they, they have this, they have a pretty solid authority, but they're all doctors. None of them are elected. Right. And so they are, I don't think they're having conversations about what our other options are, because here's the deal. When you have that feasibility discussion, right? Doctors don't understand that. They don't. And they even said that they're like, look, we're not the ones enforcing this. We're just making it a law. Someone else is going to have to enforce it. That's my problem. You should not be in, like, you make a recommendation to a legislative body for a law or to someone that has executive authority in this time frame. You need to make that recommendation. Stop, like, they are not little executives. And that's what's driving me nuts because back to the policy piece and back to the course of action comparison. Right. When I'm hearing this board discuss, they're arguing over what's going to be worse. Like a couple guys are just talking about we've got a hurricane coming and it's it's like bro stop the grandstanding dude like i get you're a doctor like i i respect the shit out of that you've been a doctor for 30 plus years i really respect that but dude like it's the science like but here's the thing like i don't want you making that decision i want you making a recommendation right and i don't like a board being like we have to save our policy and mind you the other districts are not doing this and so their entire policy is hot garbage when I can go five miles away and go have a beer at a different bar. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they're, the feasibility conversation, let's go back to it. Let's go effectiveness, number one. Um, and again, effectiveness for multiple courses of action and then right. feasibility for multiple right. courses of action. Right. And these are the conversations that need to be shared. And so let's go like through all of this, we have a clear winner, whatever it is. We'll call it option A. Right. And then that, you have to go. So once you once you have a clear winner of the courses of actions for the mm-hmm. policies that have been uh, ran by this non-existent board, as you mm-hmm. just showed, like there's 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 a portion of a board from what I'm hearing you say in your your area, there's a portion of a board, and they are overstepping their authority, 
And that's just, that's just so. for me. That's just from yeah. me listening to what you're saying, brother. And when I say the authority, when I say they're overstepping their authority, they're, li- they're illegally trying to implement lockdowns, lockdowns for lack of a better term right now. Like they're imp- trying to implement rules and regulations that haven't been approved by the state or government. Yeah, right? So, so let me, let me, let me caveat. Cause I talk a lot of trash about central district health because I think they're very, <laughs> very left. Um, right. I don't agree with, I don't agree with their thought process or policies. And I think they fit very much along with the political lining, right. but outside of that, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them some credit because their doctors, their job is to save lives and try to preserve the, the healthcare systems that exist. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I honestly don't know that they're stepping out of the authority because I think they were given a lot of authority by senior, by the executive, which okay. is my problem. So okay. really in this, I'm holding the governor accountable because he is yeah, past so- the buck. You can't do that. And it passed the buck and it goes back to let the experts decide. And it's like, no, because they're experts in different fields. There are a bunch of different things going on and you cannot look at it from one angle. And and when you, so so instead of throwing the coals at the governor with the, with smart people around him, they're literally sitting in a vacuum. Well, not a vacuum. They're, they're taking that. And it's a vacuum. They're coming back and saying, this is what we decided to do. And you're saying, correct. As the government, he's just eating it. He's like, okay, this is what's going on. No, nope. but he's Got not it. even, he literally isn't even in the conversation. Wow. Okay. And that's, and that's, that's the issue. Like he's, he's problem. weak. Brad Little, governor of Idaho, you're weak. You're weak. You're weak. You're weak. I like my um, governor. Bro. He's cool. So dude, your governor's an animal. That dude's a beast. <laughs> Zero cares. He's like, what's up? Florida. Yeah, you guys, Google go. Florida, man. You know how we roll? Florida, though. Like, okay, go. Yeah, we're all the policy making. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the agendas, we're back to it. Your guys are up there making decisions without, uh, right. without, I, there's well, no checks and balances from what, what I'm hearing. No, no checks well, and balances about their agenda setting. It's, I think it goes back to the, the, and I feel like we're all over the place, but the policy piece, when you get to, Looking at feasibility, you've made you've made the feasibility piece, and you can do all of that in a policy recommendation in a vacuum, right? Right. So I can make a policy recommendation. If I'm a doctor, my goal is to preserve life and preserve the healthcare system, mm-hmm. um, and and get us through the pandemic. Like that's my thing, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that that is their thought process because every I, I like doctors have that mind. That's what it's supposed to be. To There's also that. a lot of arrogance in a lot of cases, but like that thought process, that's the mind. But which I, I respect, right? So, but this is where it needs to go above their level and not stay with them. Because at this point, you need to look at all of the other impacts that this is going to have. Agreed. And so let's say they've done a tiered lockdown. So anyone that wants to say there's different COAs, there's not. It's lockdown process and it's tiered levels of lockdown. That is one policy thought process. That is not comparison policies, just mm-hmm. to clarify that. Right. So different levels of a lockdown are not different courses of action. It's a scaled approach. And so they've determined the levels of lockdown because that's the only thing we can go with. Mm-hmm. And they've set down, this is what's going to happen. But what I don't see and the conversation that kills me, and I get called an extremist for asking for it, is I want to know at each level of lockdown what the impact is going to be, how many lives are going to be saved. Like you, we've got all the data in the world, get to that number. How many lives are going to be saved at each level? Then I want you to go to, let's look at mental health. Let's look at child abuse and domestic violence. Let's look at education and the impact deterred education is going to have. Let's look at economics and let's take the experts and get a panel of experts in each one of those fields with input 
And then everybody puts in that piece. So now we're comparing not just the effectiveness and feasibility of these programs and these policies, these courses of action, but now we're also comparing the other and the external impacts, right? So if we do our government intervention and every time the government sticks its little finger into a system, it changes more than that system. I can't say this enough. Right. And, and that's, that's my piece is I want to see that conversation. I want to see that data. I don't want to see the number of cases every single day because that's right. one piece. I want to know the number of jobs lost. And in the end, how many people, how many, what is that going to lead to in our society? What is the impact on our society that that's going to be? Right. And that's a lot, but you're a logical thinker though. So you're taking logic Touché. to find your, your, like <laughs> you're taking logic and fighting, I would say, ideology when it comes to certain individuals mindsets yep. like uh doctors have this mindset of saving lives all they're, they're focused on is saving lives which is a beautiful thing like uh, don't get me wrong the more lives we can save the better off this world to be because there's more people to add uh add greatness to this world but in the same aspect like you said the economy we can't we can't continue to lose uh people are losing their livelihoods because of these lockdowns and without that uh critical thinking being added to all these policies that are being uh, implemented on these districts, we're going to continue to go to this. I don't want to, it's a downward spiral, brother. It's a downward spiral, spiral to chaos and chaos. Yes, it is. Uh, at times is very unproductive. So oh, yeah. when it, when, when it comes to adopting the, the uh, policies, you're right. The governor and uh a diverse board of individuals need to look at what what the recommendations are and go through them with a uh, fine tooth comb for lack of a better term you know so yep. i don't i don't i don't think that uh your frustration is out of place but if you can sit here as one of my close friends and i'm sitting here trying to push away all the outside influence yep. influences of my life if i if i if i if I sit here and get as frustrated as I was two months ago, before I before before I left, I would be in the same in a in a head space that is not productive. And yep. knowing you, you want to sit back, calculate, formulate, and put into place a system that's going to enhance what's going on right around you. And from what yep. I hear, from what I'm hearing is. <laughs> From what I'm hearing is you're probably going to make a phone call after you get a little bit of feedback. I, I know you, Rob. <laughs> I know what's going on, and there's nothing wrong with it. But it, it, but going back to our our main topic of this discussion, uh, you know, policy making and, pol- and policies being put in place after after all the craziness gets done, these guys come up with these recommendations and they try to bring them back to the government. They're supposed to be an adapting the policy format or format or form that the government governor is supposed to have in place based on what I read on uh, American uh, uh, ushistory.org. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's actual, we have systems for how this works. There's systems for how these things are supposed <laughs> to go. And those systems are not being, uh, there's no transparent viewing of those systems. And that's right. where the frustration is coming from guys that have a little bit of education and can dive into those subjects. Yeah. So, uh, well, and I, I think it's, and, and I, I mean, there's always been the thought process when you look at us, like we're generalists, right? Like there's mm-hmm. no way I'm going to try to write medical policy for, in place of a doctor. Like there's no uh, way in hell. 
No. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to assess that impact of that policy on society. And, and really what I think our expertise lies is the feasibility aspect and not legally, but like, is the population going to respond well to, to these thought process? And I, I think one of the biggest thing that looks for me is like any policy that is divisive is really an issue right now. And so lockdowns, I mean, you're looking at the way the preferential treatment between government and different pieces, right. it's insane. And I think that, that the feasibility of that policy in the lockdowns, I think we all know after the first time, like this is not a feasible thing without severe government intervention and restrictions. And I think we all know that the idea of the police coming to your house and telling you, you can't have 10 people over. I mean, I think a guy just got sentenced to a year in Maryland yeah, for, uh, for violating the number of people. And they're trying to say he was being an asshole, but at what point does the government get to come to my house and tell me what I can do in my own property? And I mean, I'm sorry, you better have a death rate a hell of a lot higher than 1.9% to come tell me that you can do whatever the hell I want. The survivability rate of COVID is 99%. It's over 99%. or something like that. And so I'm, 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 I'm going in with just a straight case fatality rate of just doing the number of cases we have on the books and the, the uh, just straight math, like the easiest way. When you look at the real case fatality rate, it's Mm -hmm. well under 1%. Okay, and, so, um, and then the only other point is, right, so let's yeah. just say you go out and they, they have implemented the policies mm-hmm. and everybody felt it. Like we were on lockdown for a good month, supposedly. Yeah. Right? In other places, they didn't implement full lockdowns. In other countries, Germany, they went down to lockdown Sweden, for a little bit. And they Denmark. Denmark. They just had curfew. Like, hey, you have to be in the house. Make sure you aren't out partying for no Sweden, reason. Sweden and Denmark didn't even have that, which is amazing. Yeah. And then... uh you know what they have done is they evaluated what happened after those lockdowns. They went out and did assessments. They went out into their community and got that feedback from the community. And they actually looked at how it affected the economy and ensured that the negative aspects of the policies right. that were put in place were ne- like adjusted. So I think, I think, dude, that part right there, can I jump in? Cause you're going down the next piece of conversation, right? which is like, after you implement a policy, right? So mm-hmm. lockdowns were implemented across the globe. And we had four or five months to look at the varying levels of lockdowns, the impact they had on society. Like we had enough time to compile enough data to be like, this worked or this didn't work, this worked or this didn't work, right? Like we had more than enough time, but what are we doing already? We're going back to the exact same thing. And I'm going to challenge everyone that listened to the show. I want someone to find one piece of data that shows me lockdowns work. Show me. I've looked. I can't find it. Sweden, who has not locked down at all, has a lower death rate per million people than the United States. I mean, did their assessments on their how it affected their economy also. Oh, and they're they're way ahead of us. They did pre-assessments on how this would affect their economy. They did, and that's what of they did what we talked about. They're like, do we lock down or we lock down? Hey, the whole world's locking down. Should we do that? No. No, we shouldn't. That sounds stupid. And I love that the like their you know secretary. What is it? The uh, I always forget the like it's the uh, Surgeon General. Their equivalent of the Surgeon General was just like, no, that's stupid. We'll be okay. We're Sweden, and they're like, it's it's one of those things. <laughs> and this is the part two. And this is where, like, if you look at other factors, like I honestly could look at this. I had a conversation with my neighbors, who's at once who's med school. They moved from San Francisco, so you know have the perception of being 
very right. liberal, but they're, they're amazing and they're, they're super smart. Uh, right. And I made a comment about deaths in, in a pandemic. And she looks at me, she goes, that's not anybody's fault. It's a pandemic. I was like, holy shit, stop it. Get out of here. You mean there wasn't a button the government could push to save everybody's lives? And I think there is a perception of that. Right. right. That people really believe. There's a perception that there's a perception, but those are the people that live with rose colored glasses. Like I always say it. I always, I I talk about it. I push it out. The world isn't built off of rose colored glasses. Mm -hmm. America has made you feel that you are supposed to be uh, subject to not being impacted by negative things. And there's nothing wrong with that feeling. It's great to be an American, but in the same aspect, if, if, if you want the reality of things, it's literally you have to pull your head out your ass and use common sense when it comes to a lot of these things being put into place. And it, it comes down to you doing your proper homework and finding the correct data and stop running off of uh, yep. left or right agenda yeah. propaganda pages. But uh, other than that, man, I can I can sit here and say, what you just said about somebody finding information saying lockdowns work. Obviously, locks, lockdowns, if you lock down, the people that do pass away from COVID, the mm-hmm. number will decrease. Show me that. It, it, it would decrease. We're going to say, we're going to go back to New York and say, yeah, the numbers went down. The I, I still, me, I still think it was just hype, to be honest. But if you go back to the early data that New York's had, oh, we've done a great job of getting the case, the number of COVID cases down, blah, 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 right? He came out with numbers again. He came out with the numbers of the hospitals that had patients in them. But in the same aspect, behind all that great information and great data, other issues derived from saying nurses and doctors and people coming out of hospitals saying our hospitals are not full of people. They're not so let's let's step back to, to that piece on, on New York and, and saying that it went down. That's the only place I'm gonna use because everybody knows it. Everybody knows that's so, that's what that's what's gonna get pushed in our face when somebody somebody says, look at the data of New York. So that's what's yeah, gonna that's go. let's do this, let's do go. this for New York and just for everybody that's gonna push it, because I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that attitude right now. Right, right. Uh, New York, the highest death rate per capita of any country in the world. Right. The highest death rate per capita in New York and New Jersey. I think New Jersey actually surpassed New York here in the U.S. So let's not talk about New York as a success rate because they have the highest death rate. Now, this is where this is where we get into statistics and how do we assess policy, right? So is the policy geared towards reducing the case numbers in which what's your end goal? No, it was deaths. They were trying to reduce. It was geared. So actually, the original lockdown was to save the medical system. That's the, uh, I can, we can Had pull up information. Pull right. Cause the original lockdown, remember it was two weeks to flatten the curve right. and it was to save our medical system. It had nothing to do with deaths and it had nothing to do with anything else. It was everybody stop moving because if you stop moving, guess what? Now we're having less car accidents. We're having less other, we have all those other things that happen when people are doing shit. And guess what else you stopped? You stopped all of the other introductions in. You have you stopped all your non-emergency care. You stopped all of your elective surgeries. We stopped everything medical because we thought the caseload was going to be so high, so high right. that it was going to shut our medical systems down. And what did the federal government – we've talked about this before. What did the federal government do then? Donald Trump Jr. – no, not sorry, not Jr. Donald Trump, number 45 – mobilized over a billion dollars of, of federal resources for the states in under two weeks. 
and it never got used because it didn't happen. Now, this is where an interesting piece is, and there's there's some really good charts out there, and, and you should look at this. Take right, a right. look at the places that didn't lock down and the places that did, and look at their case curve, right? Case and debts. And the curves are almost all identical. And then take a look at standard seasonal viruses. And I don't want to get conspiracy theorists, but when I looked at it, because I'm trying to find a data point that stands out and says lockdown saved lives. The only time that works is if you compare it to Neil Ferguson's original estimation, where he was like, 2 million people in the UK are going to die. Or, you know, 2 million people in the US are going to die. 500,000 in the UK, like insane numbers, by the way, which have been completely disproven by data scientists. Listen to the science. Those initial numbers, which are the only thing that shows lockdown works, were bullshit. And there's right. not a there's not a piece of science out there that supports them. So if you take a look at any of the case curves, you look at like we have examples. Thank God for Sweden not locking down, no mask mandate, social distancing, no mask mandate, no lockdown, isolating their older people. And I think this is where the one thing I've seen, if you want mm -hmm. to talk government policy, right? And Germany did this incredibly. So Germany's transmission rate at people over 70 was less than 3%. So they took the most at-risk population. If you're over 70 and you get COVID, there's a really solid chance you're, you're done. Like you're, you're but, this is going to get you. Their, their social norms are totally different than. Uh, let's, let's ignore I, that. Cause I agree. Like well, that is such a, yeah, such a totally different we, thing. We can't, we can't, we can't ignore their social norms because they respect the shit out of their elders and they take care of their elder. Like, their elders live with their kids. Most but you want to talk about specific policy, and but, this okay, is one but, thing. But so let's, aspect, outside have, of social norms, outside of social norms. have to look at social norms when it comes to other countries because – I agree. We don't, totally. We don't, we, don't totally. Move our, we don't move our parents back in our house when we're like freaking Hold on 50 or 40, bro. I like, agree. <laughs> let, let me finish this point, though. Let me finish this point, though, and then, and then we'll circle back to social norms because I don't think social norms applies to this because – what policy did we have in the U.S. that was implemented specifically in New York and in Wisconsin and in Michigan? Mm -hmm. All across the states, bro. Almost no, like it was not implemented in Florida. Uh, go ahead. What was the policy? This is the one where reintroducing COVID-positive patients into long-term care facilities, putting non-elderly individuals who are positive with COVID as putting into long-term care, long care facilities in order to isolate them from the population. So if you look at New York, over 70% of New York's deaths in New Jersey as well, occurred in long-term care facilities. So these are facilities you have 100% control over. Uh -huh. This is where you know you can't isolate it without social norms, like without any social, like you can legally isolate that facility, right? right. You can implement stronger measures and be like, hey, this is a actual medical facility. Here's what's happening. But we used those to get people out of the hospitals and put them in. If you look across the U.S., over 40% of our total number of cases is in long-term care facilities. Yet somehow Germany was able to have such a low transmission rate in people in those facilities and above 70. The same with freaking Sweden. And with Denmark, you I, well, I'm not a doctor, and I wouldn't know that. But that's 
I feel facility. like that's like at the facilities, like we and like they take care of their people, man, different than we do. Mm-hmm. And at their facilities, I'm pretty sure they didn't have people running the American mindset of I'm going to go home and then I'll come back later. But that's the thing. That's where, but if you want to talk feasibility, that's right, right. where we can make a serious that's where in like right. if we're talking a government but, intervention. But, but back to the policies. If I wanted to go get the policy for Florida, I would yep. literally type in Google. Florida yeah. health covid19.gov to yeah. get that and it's right there like you have to you have to like yeah, these, do the research like me and me and me and rob can have great conversations and the reason why we can have these great conversations is because if he says something i'm going to listen you're gonna google it and then i'm going to look at and research it myself google is yep. cool right <laughs> great it's a great machine but if you're just googling the term and then going to some yada yada website and not pulling up the correct all right this is Herm, this uh, firm this yep. is straight from the government this is yep. straight out of uh desante's mouth yep or department then yep. you're sitting back creating a circle and yep. outside of our bubble in in uh ricardi and cola you're exactly. running in, into a circle that has no end <laughs> there's oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no end and there's nothing wrong with somebody coming with facts a yep. person that does really good at facts is uh, what's her name? That uh, I don't even know her name. Young black Republican, uh, Candace Owens. Candace Owens, great at throwing out facts. She's so good. good. She throws out facts, and she just says this is the fact. And a lot of people can't digest facts, and it's okay. So when uh, when you the facts like we're still on this subject, and I know it's going to happen, Rob. People are going to mm-hmm. say people are going to come back to you. Good, do it because you asked that direct question. What did you? The question you asked yeah. was. Show me where yep. a lockdown worked. Yep. Show me. Show me where lockdowns worked. That's yep. the question. We throw that out to the public. We would yep. love answers. I want to see it. That that's it. And but the aspect of the lockdown, I want you to be a little bit more specific. Okay. When you say show right. me the lockdown worked, because I can say it, the death sink, the death decreased in flow uh, in New York. The deaths decreased in New York. That's what was thrown at us via uh, the the news sources. Okay, the deaths went down. The That's because, I'm going to throw this out there. That's because okay, it wait. killed everybody it was going to kill. Damn. Can, can I get to that, brother? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Same aspect, people recovered from COVID. Yep. They recovered, and then they got healthy and went home. Yep. So that, that, there's, two, there's two things to this. And I would say the isolation, isolation worked, but there's a lot of smart people that self-isolated. There was a lot of smart people that took it upon themselves and said, I feel a little bit sick today and stayed their asses at home mm-hmm. and for, for the seven days and then avoided people. So there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with self-isolating and doing common sense things no. when you're sick. Like no, you should but you should. Whatever Fuck, you're man. sick. But in the same aspect, don't shove down my throat. I have to do something because you're scared of getting sick. Yeah, completely. No. And, and that's, I mean, I think that's a good transition point because I agree. And, and I'll be a little more clear. Like I want to see some empirical data. What Carl just said is anecdotal evidence. There's anecdotal evidence across the board, right? Show me some data that says it, the lockdowns worked. And the reason you can do this is, is show the difference between a, a country that didn't lock down and a, and a country that did and show their rate from when the lockdown hit and when the lockdown didn't hit, show the change. Now there's a, a, a problem with this and it's kind of the big thing is there's a shit ton of different factors with COVID. Right. Um, and reality, I think, I don't think any of the policies are remotely working. Um, I think it's all political theater at this point. 
a lot um, of political. But uh, but really, what I think it comes down to is: Are you a healthy person or not? Like Germany has a really low death rate. Sweden has re- uh, as having a lower death rate. I think a huge part of it has to do with: Are you a healthy society? And we both know we, as the United States, we are not a healthy society. We're, I mean, what seventy percent is morbidly obese? Morbidly obese and yeah. say heart heart uh, issues in America. Yeah fucking outrageous because of the obesity yep. factor of America. Completely. A lot of people don't want to hear it. I'm an obese dude, but yep. in the same aspect, my ass is in shape. There's a difference yep. with not being, and I hate the transition to something stupid like this, but in the same aspect, mm-hmm. a lot of people that are passing away either have medical conditions, can't really do anything about that, mm-hmm. or just an unhealthy lifestyle. Yep. Uh, so when my, again, I'm just throwing it out there. When my son got COVID, I was worried and concerned but I was on the more optimistic side because he was a healthy young man. Yeah, exactly. And he recovered and he's good to go. And uh, like, you don't, you don't uh, sit, you don't sit and you don't sit and worry about something yep. and try to push policy or restrictions down other people's throats when you aren't doing something yourself to prevent yourself from being sick. That comes back to the common sense factor. Dude, exactly. And let's talk about policies that have a negative impact on common sense factor. Uh, and I really want to talk about mask mandates because I think that's like the other part of the lockdowns, right? So, and we're not going to talk about wearing a mask or not wearing a mask on your personal preference or why people should or shouldn't. But it's or a negative policy, impacts right? like, It's a policy. Pull, as a policy. Can we find right? a policy. Let's find a policy, a mask policy. I want to pull up mask policies in Florida. So we have one in Boise, Idaho. Like you Boise has a mask policy. Too. Yep. Uh, you have to wear a mask in any public space where you cannot will or what is cannot separate yourself more than six feet from someone or inside. So yes. it's left some leeway. I mean, we have to wear a mask standing in line to get on a chairlift at a fucking ski mountain. Hey, I was doing a disaster response in Texas, and yep. they have linemen get out of their trucks. You know, linemen that work on the power oh, yeah. line. They all yep. get out of their trucks, working together all day with no mask on. And then yep. when they come to the chow hall tent to get their food, they had to put the mask on to get the food. So stupid. But anyway, anyway, okay. I, don't want, I don't want to be I don't want to be an anti-masker because I wear my mask. No, no, I follow it's, the it's ordinance. It's not anti-mask. I, yeah. I, I, it's we just, are not two anti-mask motherfuckers, but we're going to make fun of some dumb shit. That's yes, all we we're going to make fun of some dumb shit. Um, all right. So let's but let's let's talk about this because every single study, and this is an initial one. And again, I'm putting it out there. Someone proved me wrong. All right, and show me the data that says wrong. Every single time where you've seen a mask mandate increased, mm-hmm. you see the case and death rate spike. And so right now, like you, you don't see anywhere where a mask mandate was instituted and the case number or the case, like the, the increase or number of cases per day drop. And that's a really interesting piece. So I think what it does, and I did the math and I'm going to throw one piece of number at you. And again, this is me doing math. So, you know, you can take it for what it's worth. I'm a victim of the Idaho public school system. Hey, can, can um, we say this? I want to throw this out there. Yeah, uh, throw it. Throw I'm it. Looking, up at, look, looking up for mask mandates is aarp.org. Health, healthy living, like info 2020, mask mandates, coronavirus. Yep. That's a, that's a legit website. You can go in there and see if they have. Do you have your aarp card? Like, did you don't. get to that point? <laughs> I don't. And the reason I went to it, I don't, I don't. But the reason I went that to it. That was in your bookmarks, dude. I know it, you old bastard. It, it, was, it was because who does this thing affect more? Yeah, completely. So if I was, Absolutely, person, if I was an older person that it affected, yep. this is the information I would want to pull. And if I was a younger person, really concerned about an older person, this is the place I would pull from to get the information. Yep. This is legit information. So yep. back to what you were saying. I'm sorry. So. 
I, I went and did a little bit of math. All right. And so I'm just going to not going to get too deep into it. But basically, I saw a statement, you know, overarching narrative statement by mainstream media that if 95 percent of the U.S. population wore masks and we did it until March. Right. It would save 68000 lives. So I, I kind of dug into that and I just did like, OK, so we have a case fatality rate one point nine, which is high. But we went with I went with the high side about mm-hmm. U.S. is between 200, about 200,000 additional cases per day. And so ended up going through it and basically to save 68,000 people, it's going to reduce the transmission by about 30% is what would have to happen. Have to reduce the transmission numbers by about 30%. Like roughly it would have to stop the transmission of about 3 million cases. So you're telling me that even at its best, and this number is way overblown in my mind, masks are only 30% effective. Even at its best. And that's if all of us do it, which in feasibility standards, we both know. Right. is not going to happen. You're right, right. I, uh, it will not happen in this in this society. Like so, uh, in, the effectiveness of a mask if okay, so if masks are the effective rate of masks mm-hmm. are 30%. Uh and that's just one person wearing a mask or two people wearing a mask. That's 95% of the entire population of the United States in the, by their numbers will only reduce the the transmission by 30%. So again, this goes down to, okay, and that's in looking at that thought process and having that conversation and looking at every single study that's not, I mean, Denmark just did a study saying masks don't work. Right. Sweden, no mask mandate. Right. What I think the problem is, and my point of this, so let's say that that 30% effectiveness is right. It's going out and the narrative is that masks will save your life. So wear your mask to save somebody else's life. It is such a strong narrative that I think and this ties into that correlation of increasing cases and increasing death. Mm-hmm. I think it's giving people false fucking security. It could. Be. I think you have people who should that, not be going I say, out. I would say your thought process is plausible. Like I would yeah. say that's plausible because in the same aspect, on the backside of that, brother, that 1%, that 1% that the life, like the mask does save the life. Like, yeah. It's just that 1% of, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody's hey. life today because like that 30%, okay, you saved my life today. High five that shit out. Like that's what, I think that's the number that people are going for. Like uh, on the optimist, like I don't want to say as an optimistic or pe- pessimistic side, but that's what people are looking at. Like how can I take that 30% and make mm-hmm. it a positive 30%? Do you see what I'm saying? So, I do. Like, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. I, and without, without this is, seeing the guys that we are, things the way we yeah. do. If yeah. we take it, take take ourselves outside ourselves and look yeah. at somebody that doesn't doesn't look at reality the way we see reality, like they totally. don't see our reality, they yep. see it in their version with their rose colored glasses. If yep. I wear my mask, I'm putting thirty percent right here on my forehead. I'm helping somebody with this. I'm helping somebody today. Like they're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I'm helping. Yeah, somebody. I, I totally agree. That's 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 some some people live like that, man. They and do. We, like for. For me to have that bigger understanding, I don't get mad. I, I don't get mad anymore. Frustrated when somebody's having a mask fit. I call them mask fit. Like put your oh, mask on. I just sit there and look at them and, and realize like their lives must be fucking miserable, bro. Oh, like, dude. I, it's just my that's my world looking at their world. Does it make sense? Yes, yeah, completely. Because we have a very different worldview than a lot world. of these people. It's bad. It's yeah. I don't. I don't even know. It's, it's just different. It's, it's just a different worldview and yeah. how we live. And only in, in the United States does that happen. So like you yep. said, in all these other countries where they're like, 
it's up to you to do the right thing. How you yeah. feel. Our, our world isn't based on that right now. It's no. based on politics. It's based on hard politics. Like, but And that hard politics right now is based around emotions, right? Like what you said is exactly right. Like, I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like people feel like I need to do this to help somebody. It's their purpose, right? It's their they've, purpose. Like they've found their purpose. I'm, I'm, I am now the hero of my story by putting this mask on. And, but the problem, like, I think that's bad policy because right. it's very divisive. I mean, it literally is like, it is your virtue signal. It is your signal of affirmation. And it immediately draws a line between you and somebody not wearing a mask. It is incredibly divisive, Right. The other side of it too is when you look at it, I think you are running into a lot of people that now think because everyone's wearing a mask and I go around the majority of people here, like 95% when I go to a store easily wearing a mask, 95 to, to 95 to 99%. Seriously, I don't see people in stores not wearing masks at all. Very, like very I, few. Same, same here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I, dude, the idea, like it's pretty fucking ridiculous. It's hmm. stupid. I, I, just I do the same thing. I do the same thing. And I, so, I, and I, I'll talk. I, I'll talk another piece of it too, because there's there's. More I wear to it. a mask because my wife tells me to wear a fucking mask. Exactly. That's how you feel about that? Yep. <laughs> about that. My wife. Hey, I get it. I don't blame you. I put it on. Like, yep. That's, that's life. So there we well, go. We, but we've had this conversation. Like, she's way we too do. good for you. She tells you to wear a mask or a ball gag. You put them both on, and you just go with it. And that's um, it. That's it. That's it. That's it, man. Um, no, but I think, I think that's the piece of like, dude, there's so many people. So this is a conversation I had cause I'm starting to comment more and more politically, like directly onto like the actual official channels because I want answers from my representatives. Right. Um, and I had one woman say that she has a immunodeficient, like an uh, immunocompromised daughter. And she's like, this is like, what do you, we're already very isolated. You want us to be more isolated? Wear that mask so my daughter can go out. And I was like, don't take your daughter out. Like, what are you thinking? Like you have a high risk child in this and you're trusting it to two things. And these are the two things that I think make masks ridiculous. Number one, there is no consistency across the board on what people are wearing. There's no, like, it is everything from fuck. I see, like, neck gaiters, according to DOD, neck gaiters are actually worse as they aerosol your spittle more than, like, a face diaper does. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's no consistency in the mask material or its effectiveness, period. There's nothing that should, like, there's no consistency. And the second one, and this is the more important one, is people are dumb. And so I don't know how many times I've watched people wear masks and it's like down around their mace, they're touching it, they're moving it. There's no consistency. Like we are not all nurses that have fucking gloved up, put that shit on and left it all day long and then like gloved up and and left it. Like we're not there. So like even that effectiveness cuts down on it. So don't trust the average, like I'm going to say this one time, don't trust the average American with your life. Be in control of your life. And if you have an immunocompromised child or, or well-being, don't trust some other jackass that put an old Slayer shirt around his face. Like, come on. So, Fuck. Well, uh, I want to throw it the placebo effect. Yeah. Oh, dude. Do I have to get into it? But nope. I'm just going to say the placebo effect, brother. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes that matters to people. And like you, uh, we don't live, safe. we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't think like other people, but we know how to yeah. gather that information to see yeah. what they're doing so we can respond to that shit. They're like, all, of, they, they live in fear, man. So they feel safe. So I, I would say 
the placebo effect. Like, like I said, it's common sense, guys. If you have somebody that's uh, immunocompromised in your life, go ahead, wear the mask, make sure that uh, you are surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with people that wear masks so everybody around you feels safe. And if anything does happen to that person that is uh, compromised, You've done everything you possibly can to help that to keep that person alive. See, but I I honestly go the other way. I wouldn't. I would reduce any exposure. The masks wouldn't do it for me. And that's. But this goes down to what you're talking right. about. Like, not everybody like makes a daily. Every day I get in the car. Every day I go out. I I assess risk. Right. Every single day. I do risk assessment all the time. And, and sometimes the risk is higher or lower. And I take steps to mitigate the risk that I put my children in front of my family. Like I make those decisions. Most people don't do that. They live in fear that they're told to be afraid of. I'm afraid of coronavirus. Wear the mask, you'll be okay. If other people aren't being the, wearing the mask, you yell at them and you tell them that they are they are putting you in danger. And it's like Jesus Christ. They, 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 it's a it's a selfish like you're used to being selfless. There's a big difference. Like selfish it's and narcissism, selfish. bro. A lot. It's I don't massive it, narcissism. I want to call it just self. I want to call it a selfish behavior. And it's not narcissistic. Okay. You're trying to say you're so life. polite. You're so so I am. I'm, I'm like with this like. <laughs> It's, it's, they live in a selfish mindset of yes. this is my, like their circle is different than ours. Like they, they travel in a different set of, of yes. group of mindset type people. Yeah. And we, we, I fully understand it. I fully accept it. Yeah, completely. And we can't, like, we aren't going to change their mindset by being us. Like two dudes no. like us, we're only going to, we're literally about with this count, with our conversation today, oh, yeah. number 10, episode number 10 is going to, make more people hate you and me and i'm sitting here like what? so the fuck what yeah, at the end okay. of the day rob like i've done for the last three months <laughs> yep i've took it i've taken all this bubble this bubble that the united states is and cast it away yep be honest and you saw me do it i, I took oh, it yeah. i was like okay I'm, I'm knee deep in this stuff i have a different understanding i've done things to make people have certain reactions and i'm telling you those policies are done to make you have a certain reaction. Totally. So I've done 100%. things to have people do certain things to make a, 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 a population respond. And I'm telling you, there's a, a percentage of this, uh, this society that is doing the shit to you as the viewers of this fucking podcast right now. And your responses are fucking are exactly on par with political agendas. concerning these fucking policies if someone's telling you to do something because you're afraid of it they have an agenda they have a fucking agenda and i'm sorry like i'm sorry as a cuss but in the same aspect these policies aren't just based off of fucking virus yep can i say we've done a really good job of not fucking swearing so far i'm getting frustrated that's why i stopped (laughs) (laughs) so let's go back to there's people that don't look like like don't think like us they don't look like us when it comes to like we're we're okay. If I'm around somebody and they need to feel comfortable, I'm gonna put my mask on. If I yep. go to a store with a lot of people, I'm gonna put a mask on because yep. I, I want that 30% to save my life. I want that 30%, hey babe, put these masks on so we can go be functional in the world. But in the same aspect, I'm not gonna pull back, dive into my shell and hide in a corner. Does that make no, sense? No, and so I think I think this is where I have an issue with it too, because and this is where I think there's a difference between policy and then good behavior. Because, like, let's say if everyone wears a mask that saves sixty thousand people, let's take that at face value right. and say it will pr- pr- reduce this, the transmission by thirty percent. Let's say that's real, right? Let's yeah. say my math was right too. <laughs> but 
I think like if you asked everybody like, Hey guys, here's the deal. We are never going to do a mask mandate. That is wrong. We will not interject. Like that is not the type of country that we are. But if you do this and everybody does it, you will reduce this piece. Please do this. Like you would have more compliance than the government saying, because we like the Americans as a whole. And I think we're about 50, 50 on this now. Half of this country is the same way. If you tell me to do something, I'm going to tell you to fuck off. Right. right. Especially if it comes down to my own personal space. Right. Like, and and so there's that piece. And so the, the idea of fear and this governing by fear, governing by edict is not what works in the United States. And it goes back to that feasibility thought process. And maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe more of this population is fear-based than I thought. Maybe this entire thing of throwing a camera in someone's face, yelling at them for not wearing a mask is the right way to go. The snitch lines that the mayor has set up here in Boise, call if you see restaurants not following procedure, you call the snitch line and we'll send the police. What the fuck is that? I have an issue with that type of policy because it is not American. Maybe I'm just old at 39 years old, Carl. Maybe maybe I've lost what America is. But to me, it was individual liberty, rugged individuals that will come together as a whole without the government putting their fucking finger or boot on your throat. Now, I know that's an expansive term. Right. But there is there is a big difference. Like a lot of people in this country will not bow to tyrants and will like literally do take the phrase, I'll die on my feet before or I'll I'll die on my feet before I live on my knees to heart. As they should, as every as, as they should. Every, but there's a lot of people that don't believe that anymore, I don't think. I, I think I, we've I, lost I think, that. But see how you said that, but I th- <laughs> I think the like in the hearts and minds of the opposite side of yep. this, when it comes to liberties. I think people that are yelling at other people not wearing masks are mm-hmm. taking that mindset, but it's flipped on its side. Does it make yep. sense? Yep. I'm going, put the mask on, put the mask on. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Calm down. Yep. Like, go away. Yep. To appease your weak ass in my brain, I'm going to put this mask on so you leave me alone and I'm going to go about my business. There's I'm going to put the mask on so I don't hurt you. Like I'm gonna, I like I wear I wear the mask a lot to avoid. Conflict. Does that make sense? So you yeah, like totally as a as a as a I don't I don't even say a type person as a person that thinks the way mm-hmm. we do and experience the shit we've experienced. Yep, that shit is so minute and yeah irrelevant when it comes to doing it. Like okay, motherfucker, now we're here. Now what's what's next? Yep. And I and I hate to say that's where I'm at with this thing. It's what's next. Like, what's next? Okay, so now we have the ma- mask mandates. Now you want to put us back in lockdown. Like I said, none of my friends have said, hey, Carl, come and secure my fucking location. No, nobody has done it because I think we all have that mindset. Like, we're going to yep. get past this. We're going to get through this. They better hurry the fuck up. So Doesn't let's make- talk. Dude, I think I, I agree. And I think that's a, good, that's a good segue into, I think, how we close this thing out is what's next. And this is where my real fear lies because, and I have this conversation with my wife all the time because she does not do well being told what to do, understandably so. And so just to talk mass, she's, she's had a little bit of cancer that's been having chemo on her lip for the last three months. She can't, she's supposed to be dry and like not closed over. So if she puts a mask on, not only is it not what's supposed to be done, it hurts like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And so we're skiing. She has her mask off and she's carrying stuff. And like literally people are yelling at her. So I end up getting to the manager and be like, hey, 
you know, I understand American with Disabilities Act, there's medical exemptions in Boise. She has cancer on her lip. This is why she's not wearing it. And they're like, there's no exemption. She has to wear it or we'll refund her money and she doesn't get to ski this year. I was like, I'm sorry, explain this to me. So there is a caveat, and I think it's a loose legal representation in the American with Disabilities Act, what's called direct threat. And so this is where the issue is. If she's not wearing a mask, and mind you, right. she's like half the people are wearing neck gaiters, which the DOD has said this is not a good thing to wear. The CDC has said this is not a good thing to wear. But like you, if you aren't wearing that, you're a direct threat to their staff, so they don't have to accommodate. And I was like, whoa. So now you're telling me that there doesn't even have to be a medical exemption. So now let's skip to what's next. And this is where when you talk feasibility and you talk the efficacy, right? Mm -hmm. I think the bigger conversation, Carl, is it comes down to is what is the threat? What is the fatality rate? What is the threat to our society where we allow the government to step in and impose the level of control, right? Right. I think that's the question we have to have because I've already heard the conversation and Google it. You'll hear it. I've already heard the conversation about lockdowns for climate change. If you look at the numbers they talk about in the climate change discussion, they already have talked about the deaths from climate change in the next 10 years are going to be well exceed what COVID did. So we need to look at lockdowns for, for climate change. And I'm going to tell you, like, Google the Great Reset. Seriously do. Like, that's, a, that's not even a, like, take a look at sustainable development goals at the UN and read Agenda, thir uh, Agenda 31. It is in, they're already talking about a no longer capitalist society. This is the UN's agenda for 2030. Read it. I'm asking people to read it. It's there. It's crazy. So what we've got now is that like, and this is the piece with policy. And I think everybody has to ask that question before I sound way too conspiratorial and you're no, laughing because no, so, you so hear it. That's why I'm giggling because this is nothing new to me. And you know, this. Yep. I know it. <laughs> so, but like it is, and this is a real thing. When right, you set precedence, policy is just like legal precedence, right? Yeah. So once you set precedence, so we've said that a fatality rate, which for COVID has justified the government shutting down your life, your business, taking control of literally in some states, you cannot, you cannot leave your home. You cannot have more than 10 people. Like that is absolute violation of the constitution, but where people are okay with it and arguing for it because of the fear of COVID, right? It is that big of a, a big of a threat. So understand that threat, understand what those numbers are because that threat is going to come more and more and more because once they've proved precedence that they can legally do this and you're willing to accept it, they will do it more and more and it will be leveraged for more political means than to keep you safe. I think Thomas Jefferson said it right. Anyone who gives up liberty for safety deserves neither. Anyway, that's my piece. I, 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 I'm just sitting here enjoying the fucking conversation. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it, and it, it's so funny because... The way the way you talk, right, applies yes. to aspects of uh, different cultures and different lives, man. And yes. I think it's I think it's liberating to hear you speak words that apply to like just the culture of my existence. Yeah, does it make sense? Like yeah, you are same, same. you are saying shit so loud, <laughs> and if you can just if I could flip if I could flip a mask on his fucking head. And change that shit to skin color. I'll shut the fuck up and sit down and just <laughs> like this is a great fucking conversation these motherfuckers are having about this goddamn skin color. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when I can when I can sit here and just have a great conversation about something that to me I can pull myself away from, bro. I can yeah, pull myself I can away. I can pull myself away from mask lovers and mask haters 
and then do what I've done for the last two months and work on myself and help other people and help the kind of like just yeah. help out. And just to hear you passionate about, hey, I need to get up here and help these motherfuckers understand this isn't how you do things when yeah. it comes to health and survivability of the economy, the like you really do need to get in contact with your legislators and say, hey, these people they owe you the, and, and that's the thing like i'm not even trying to say i'm the expert like i have my no, no, no. no you're but not i you're want not. i want every single person to ask the right question like don't take shit at face value from the government like if you go to a doctor and this is the thing too with the experts you go to a doctor and he said we're gonna have to take your leg but dude i came in here with a cough your leg's gotta go like if you don't mind before you cut my leg off i'm gonna go talk to another doctor and then i'm gonna talk to another doctor like and we've literally skipped that and just said, eh, only thing, let's lop this leg off. Hopefully we can get a new, a, a good prosthetic afterwards. That comes, so from, it's, that comes from sitting in rooms with like smart people and uh, oh, dude. harder than you and I and like watching them learn and grow. So. No, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, man. Like it's, it's definitely like, it's one of those things where the conversation is the best. I'm so glad we're doing this again, dude. It's good to jump back on with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like this format too. Like I'm really excited to hear the comments and how many people hate us. They're and if you hate us, if you hate us for giving you, like <laughs> telling you to question where your beliefs come from and question what your politicians tell you, then I got nothing for you, man. Hate away. Yeah, yeah. Hey, comment that haterade and just hate us for telling you to think about it. Because I'm not telling you what to think. Ideology, bro. Comment is greater than ideology. And where's that I'll, shirt, man? I thought we had that shirt coming out. I did, and then we moved to we started moving and shit. All right, so. we'll get that shirt because I'm getting our website up. We'll put some. We'll get some. We'll sell some shirts. Yeah, yeah, and uh. uh F, what what is it uh like and subscribe you know what i'm saying yeah there. like and subscribe um so this is going up on youtube and just so you guys know we'll drop the video on youtube uh as well as putting it up on facebook we'll try to do some clips i can't promise we'll get to it and then uh the biggest one spotify and apple like podcast like listen to us on apple um and spotify and go ahead and share that please because that's where that's where it's gonna keep this going so the topics in next next uh, yeah next what do you want to talk about man we got a ton of shit you got a ton of shit, but I guess we got to give them at least something because we aren't supposed to leave yeah. here without a topic, right? Um, let's see. Are we going to do something heavy and deep or something light and joyful, man? Like, it's Christmas time. Let's do light and joyful. Let's light and joyful? Shit, I don't know, man. <laughs> do light and joyful. Fuck, man. I, I don't know. thought of light and joyful. I, 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 um, I don't know. Do we do light and joyful? Is that a thing we do? I don't think we do. I was just trying to fucking lighten the mood up around. You know what? Let's do this. I, I like light and joyful. Hey, so we'll put this out. We we're not going to pick a topic. You are. Ooh. So we will take the we'll take four topics. Like Ooh. well, the, and hopefully we can get four. I don't know if we'll get four people listen to this goddamn thing today. <laughs> uh, if I come up with something, I'll have my dad put something in. Um, but no, let's so let's let's do this. Give us four things to talk about on uh, on next week's podcast because we're going to come into holiday break after that. So. Give us yeah. something positive, man. Like unadulterated or, or negative. Get that from me. Unadulterated opinion. I'm yeah. going to you. And if you don't Let's like do it, it. Well. I actually like that. Let's do it off the cuff, man. So give us four things and Carl and I will, will give our two cents and chat about those four things. So everyone throw in suggestions. We'll pick four out of the hat on the things that we want to talk about. And then uh, we'll have that conversation. And if, if we really like what you dropped in there, uh, we'll hit you up and try to bring you on the show. Yeah. Like subscribe and share. Like, subscribe, and share. Please share. If I don't get, uh, we've got like 500 people following this thing now. Please share the damn video. Just hit share. I don't care if you actually listen to us. Like, if you if you hit like and you follow the if you follow us on Facebook, share it. Nobody in your like share it and say these two idiots are assholes. I don't care, but share it. 
we, we're like, well, all, all, all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> truth, man. <laughs> no, it's not, brother. It's good. It's good, it's good to see yep. you, man. Good it's good to see you too, man. Hey, dude, you got to listen to. Uh, I got. I was on mission mission prep podcast the other day. You yeah. had a chance to listen to my dumbass talking with those two no, guys. It was pretty fun. Dude, pretty fun conversation. Back to go out, or was it just sit down and talk? It looked like you dude. Yeah, out. they reached out. They they followed us, uh, and they, he reached out and said, or they reached out uh, said if I would sit down. And they've got a good little recording studio in their uh, their backyard. Like built a shed, like a little studio. It's pretty rad. Nice. Uh, we just sat down for about an hour and a half and bullshitted, man. Like no format whatsoever. It was a good conversation. Good That's views. Good. Um, so yeah, so I'll give them a shout out too. If you guys have a chance to listen to Mission Mission Prep podcast, uh, they're on Spotify. Yeah, so, man. Hey, I listened to some of those Joe Rogan things too, man, and he was spot on about like uh, getting away from the lifestyle, you yep. know, trying to get back into this fucking. Uh, oh, he's loving Texas, bro. Like he's loving Texas, healthy fucking mm-hmm. lifestyle that we're supposed to have. Like getting yep. everything balanced out. I need to go find. I need to find those doctors that he was talking about, dude. Yep, dude. Well, I mean, that's that's why I got the gym built in here, and I'm trying to get back into it, brother. Yeah, same. But, I like. All right, man. Hey, dude. Good to talk with you. Everyone, drop those comments in there. Like, share, subscribe. Let us know what to talk about next week. And I'm really happy to be doing this again, man. All right. Cheers. Best to you and your family, brother. Cheers. Cheers, bud.